All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. going on welcome back to america unplugged right here on iconic my name is billy ray valentine broadcasting live not from new york city but actually from orlando florida uh for the first time in the history of this show it's done outside of the bronx i miss the bronx we will be going back very soon lord willing but i have my brother here from the kill shed in north carolina ladies and gentlemen <laughs> john brissom what is going on? Welcome back to America Unplugged. What's up, man? Thank you, Billy Ray. I'm glad that you're uh, um, currently broadcasting from an undisclosed location. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm glad to be back here on America Unplugged, brother. Thank you. Well, I'm here in um, the COVID capital of the world, the way they're making it look. They're, they're making it out to me. Yeah. Right? It's supposed to be bedlam out here. But uh, actually, uh, everybody's really nice. Everybody's having a good time and relaxing, taking it easy. Uh, socially distanced, you know, there people are following that, at least where I am. Um, but uh, I can't speak for the rest of the state. Regardless, uh, things look fine out here. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about, about Trump and Ghislaine Maxwell or Ghislaine. What's the proper pronunciation? What did they tell you? My belief is... Uh, people have told me it's uh, uh, Ghislaine. Ghislaine. All of a sudden, uh, this isn't anything new, this name. All of a sudden, people are telling me, hey, it's not just Lean or Ghislaine. It's Ghislaine Maxwell. I've been getting that left and right. So Ghislaine Maxwell it is. That, there you go. So we will address her appropriately. Anyhow, she gets arrested. We know that. We covered this last week here on America Unplugged. But I wanted to get just a little bit deeper on her connections with Donald Trump. I mean, and we will touch on some of the connections with uh, the Clintons as well. Everybody already knows that, right? What we're trying to do here is point out the left-right paradigm, right? Point out that the right is just as involved, right? And, and you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, QAnon people and followers of Trump separate themselves from a George W. Bush, you know, or, or from a uh, what is it? Uh, father, the father Bush, you know, or, mm -hmm, or you mm -hmm. know, they separate themselves from that. They're like, that's the deep state. Trump is completely different. He's running as a Republican. He employs and, and appoints many people that were under the administration of the two previous people that I just mentioned. But everybody turns a blind eye to all of that. I don't know why. So anyhow, here's the deal. This woman gets arrested their name and name supposedly is what's going to happen here. This is why she's gotten arrested because they want to get information out of her. I think she walks. 
I want your thoughts on that. But I want to know what's going on between her and Donald Trump, if anything. People uh, always reference the fact that it's, uh, you know, it was a long time ago when they, uh, when they uh, you know, had a relationship. You know, I, I really don't think it matters, you know, because uh, it was a long time ago. He could know a whole bunch of things that he never disclosed. I think he's fully compromised myself. But anyway, John Brissom, go ahead, bro. Yeah, Billy. Um, so uh, if this is a ta- timetable as I've seen it when I researched it myself. If anybody knows any evidence that's earlier than this, you can email me. We read the documents at protonmail.com and let me know. All right. But it's to my belief that if you take uh, Donald Trump's um, own words, that from two, from the um, New York Magazine uh, article uh, about Jeffrey Epstein uh, that was published on October 28, 2002, he said that he knew uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein for 15 years. So that hmm. takes it back from them meeting to about give or take around 1987. All right. So the first earlier earliest instance that we have of Donald Trump uh, at least meeting uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, um, Robert Maxwell, the infamous uh, uh, British uh, uh, Mossad spy. TV mogul, I was about to say also Mossad spy too. Um, Well, I guess media mogul is the correct way of saying it. But he... um, they met at a party uh, in 1989 on uh, Robert Maxwell's yacht uh, of Donald Trump by himself without Ivana Trump uh, at that yacht. And I, we believe that is the earliest time that they had uh, that, that Donald Trump had met the Maxwell family. It's possible there's, it was before then. Um, and I would assume that he would have met Ghislaine Maxwell then at that yacht. Maybe not. Um, but we do have numerous photos of them being together, some with Epstein, some without Epstein. Uh, um, and so, yeah, I mean, there are photos, different time periods um, of, of them being seen together. The earliest one that I was able to find of just Donald Trump and Ghislaine Maxwell together was the Ford Models 50th anniversary party that happened on October 1997 and was reported in the New York Daily News on October 31st, 1997. Now, there's probably been more evidence since then that maybe other people have been able to find of them being just by themselves. But there are numerous pictures of them being together, both with Jeffrey Epstein and without Jeffrey Epstein. So Donald Trump was friends with Ghislaine Maxwell, just like he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And some people say that they, that may have changed um, because of them uh, bidding each other. There's a bidding war right. over the Abe Gossman estate in Palm Beach. And it was actually Trump got, uh, got angry um, because Epstein um, was able to uh, – uh, that, that, he, that he went against Trump. Uh, it was something like uh, – uh... Trump uh, underhandedly mm-hmm. uh, put a bid in for this house, right? For this, yes. for, for this property. That Epstein was trying to get. Right. And then Epstein turned around and, and was upset and uh, said he was going to uh, reveal that Trump wasn't as, as rich as he thought he was. And it was an ego. I mean, as he was portraying to be to the public. 
Trump. And, suppo- and supposedly it was Trump that turned him into the Palm Beach right. Police Department. As a result. Supp- supposedly. Allegedly. Right? It, it wasn't because it wasn't because Trump knew that Jeffrey Epstein was uh, all of a sudden he discovered that Jeffrey Epstein was involved in child trafficking, hmm. you know, in teenage trafficking and human trafficking. Um, it, it, I mean, that wasn't supposedly what it was over. It was over this argument they had gotten into. Um, and there's also a magazine. Now, this didn't exist. This was only referenced. The magazine itself did not exist. I waited on eBay and put alerts out for months to try to find this Maximum <laughs> Golf magazine. And he, I got a hold of read, it. He's read I've the read the documents. documents. It's right he's here. All right. And, you know, a lot of people like to say, well, you know, Trump um, only flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane one time. And that was true. That was Mark Epstein gave that deposition and later released court documents that you and I have looked at has shown that, yes, he did fly that one time. But in this magazine, well, Epstein flew to Mar-a-Lago with a girl that was made to look older. We don't know who that girl was on Trump's plane to Mar-a-Lago. So how Trump had his own plane. People all the time. Well, Trump never flew on, you know, only never only flew on the Lita Lita Express one time. Well, Trump had his own plane. And we don't have all the flight right. records either. There you go. So, I mean, come on, people. I'm sorry. They, they, they were friends a very long time. Well, this is admitted, actually, right? Did, didn't he go as far as to say, I, I remember there was a quote uh, that he says, yeah, you know, we're a lot alike. He's a really fun guy, and he mm-hmm. has a taste for young women just like I do. Really on the younger side is what he said. Yeah, um, that was the that was the 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 quote. I've known Jeffrey uh, for fifteen years. Terrific guy. Right. That came out of the Jeffrey Epstein International Money Man of Mystery, um, and that was the original quote uh, that was uh, put. I've known Jeff for fifteen years. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it. Jeffrey Epstein enjoys his social life. People are disgusting. But anyway, clear connection there. And and this has been established many times, but people tend to look the other way about it. Yeah. People tend to look the other way. So now uh, Maxwell has been arrested. And like I said before, I didn't think this would ever happen. Quite frankly, I I didn't think it would happen, but it's happened. And uh, let's see what develops. Let's see what comes of it. Is it going to be a slap slap on the the wrist, you know, and and, uh, they'll let her walk? But if she's going to start naming names. Now, you sent me, uh, I think it was, a story from The Telegraph uh, mm-hmm. about, about Maxwell and uh, potential things that may be coming out. I don't know if you want to talk about it just a little bit. I mean, it may come out that there was a book that was written, uh, A Convenient Death, The Mysterious Demise of Jeffrey Epstein, that came out on June the 2nd. It was written by uh, Goodman and Halper. And they discussed that it's possibility that Bill Clinton may have had an affair with Ghislaine Maxwell. Well, you know, that's not far-fetched. No, not in the slightest bit. No, not with all this group. And before anybody jumps on me and they're like, well, John, you're not talking about the Clinton connections. Yes, I've discussed those at nauseum too as well. It's just my belief that Jeffrey Epstein was uh, better friends with Donald Trump than he was with uh, Bill Clinton. Hmm. I'm sorry, but if you looked in the black book, yeah, Douglas Brand it, 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 or Douglas Band, I think it's Brander Band, um, who was a you know he was the scheduler for um, for uh, Bill Clinton 
uh, and he, I think he had a White House job too as well under the Clinton administration. I can't remember exactly which one. His number's listed on there, but there are no numbers listed directly on there for the Clintons. However, there are numerous numbers for Donald Trump, Donald Trump's family, uh, his, his brother and sister, his brother and sister-in-law. Like there are numerous numbers for the Trumps in Jeffrey Epstein's little black book, but everybody always overlooks that. Yeah. So. Did you did you see a uh, a photo that was tweeted out by Eric Trump? Uh, a, a really dumb. I, why would he do something like this? Is what I want to ask you. I think it's a dumbass move, but maybe he was trying to troll people. I don't know, or maybe he doesn't even know any better. So he tweeted out this this picture of uh, uh, Chelsea Clinton's wedding. She's being walked mm-hmm. down the aisle, and uh, mm-hmm. in the audience, he he circles. Glenn the head of, of, of Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, she was clearly there in attendance, and they're like, oh, look, uh, uh, birds of a feather flock together. You know, and uh, trying to say, you know, uh, to build the connection there. More of this, uh, not that there isn't a connection to be built, but yeah. this, is, this is the division. This is the pointing fingers that the deep state are the Democrats, and that is all. That, you know, and this is, the, this is the distinction they're trying to make. It's the division they're trying to make. And it continues to push that, or was it just clear ignorance on on, on this guy's uh, on this guy's part because he got bombarded, bombarded with pictures of Trump and Maxwell after doing something like that? Go ahead. No, I mean you're right um, because again, all of these people are tied into that whole Epstein nexus, Donald Trump, um, the Clintons. Uh, some someone else that we're going to talk about earlier who made a very interesting claim uh, about uh, uh, um, Donald Trump at the time, uh, which would be Roger Stone. Right. Uh, when he mentioned that uh, he had witnessed uh, that Mr. Trump visited Mr. Epstein at his Palm Beach home. Mr. Stone wrote in his book, uh, um, The Clinton's War on Women, that he wrote with Robert Morrow, which Robert Morrow has turned on Roger Stone and has turned on uh, Donald Trump and thinks they're horrible human beings and actually believes Katie Johnson that, uh, that, uh, that, that Katie Johnson was molested by both Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein. Um, at one time, he vehemently denied it. Robert Morrow did, but now he he admits that that is true, and he re, you know repented for, for for making those claims, not believing in Katie Johnson. Um, but uh, he said about the the swimming pool, uh, uh, the scene supposedly that uh, Trump had witnessed. The swimming pool was filled with beautiful young girls. Mr. Trump later told a Mar-a-Lago member, according to Mr. Stone, how nice I thought, or Trump, you know, it's Trump. He let the neighborhood kids use his pool. <laughs> yeah. Insanity. Insanity, man. Insanity, bro. Um, I don't know what to say. Hey, Roger Stone has been pardoned at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Jeffries, who's a, a regular contributor here, has, uh, I wouldn't say a relationship, but but has some... I, I don't know how to put their relationship, to be honest with you. It's, I don't think they're friends, but they're, I guess it's a business acquaintance of some sort. They know each other. He wrote the foreword to Hidden History, you know, and he had told um, Don, Roger Stone had told Don, mm-hmm. that Trump was well aware. This is before Trump ran for president. He's, like, he's well aware of Hidden History. He's well aware of all these conspiracies. 
I believe that he is and does absolutely nothing with them. Now, um, he would have been perfect to talk to about this. Unfortunately, he had some issues at home with, uh, with some of his, uh, his plumbing, and it was a disaster. Greetings to you, and hope you get everything straightened out. But uh, this guy has gotten pardoned. All right, so uh, I, I didn't see this coming. Well, I kind of did see it coming. No, but... I saw this coming. Right, I right, saw right. this coming. I thought go it was going to happen after the election, but I saw this coming for sure. Come on, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm no, I'm no fan of Roger Stone. I know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's in that counts for national policy nexus. Um, he worked very briefly. We don't know how long and under what terms as uh, 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 supposedly counsel for uh, Nexium and Keith Ranieri. And the Bronfen family too, CMP being involved in the Nexium uh, cult or operation or whatever you want to call it as well. Um, I, I mean, Roger Stone is very tied in with Israel, a very ardent Zionist. Um, I am not a fan of Roger Stone. I think he is the dirty trickster. I mean, Stone and Manafort and Manafort's horrible. And of course, uh, do you remember the old information that came out? when uh when uh roger stone was uh uh, an advisor for the dole campaign the ad that came out of the national Enquirer about roger stone being a cuckold Hmm. all right um and it's the same thing that later came out about manafort that manafort allegedly um uh had his wife who had a, a traumatic brain injury um participate in group sex and to the point where she was getting STD testing and his daughter was writing emails to him in tears about it. Wow. Right? These people are not good people. <laughs> all right. I don't care what right. people on the right think these people are. They've been feel full. They've been fed a bunch of horse shit. Right, 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 man. Um, and this leads me in. And, and I do want to talk about this article and I'm going to go back to it in a second, but it leads me into Michael Flynn, which is another one, you know, and, and uh, you told me a while ago that you thought Michael Flynn was responsible for the QAnon movement. Mm-hmm. I did not believe you. Uh, not that I did not believe you. For lack of a better term, lack of better words, I didn't believe you. Okay, I didn't think uh, uh, that this was a thing. I'm starting to maybe change on that. I, I still don't know if he's responsible for it, but he's at least taking it and running with it. It's, it's insanity. What's going on? So he signs all his books where we go one, we go all, right? There's that. And, uh, and now he's taking the oath. Apparently, he took an oath. I that, take the oath. Right. There's this new thing, right, that people are taking oaths on, um, on social media to show their allegiance uh, and to induct themselves as digital warriors. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that Michael Flynn had put out there. It was in a speech, and everybody gravitates towards it. They're like, oh, my God, he's talking to us. It's QAnon. He's talking to us. We have to be digital warriors. So if, if you go on and look, you're going to find people on YouTube taking the digital warrior oath. You and I should take it at some point. Maybe next week you and I will take it here on America. I'm not taking the oath. Listen, we've got to take the oath. we got to take the oath. We've got to trust the plan, John. Nope. I trust God and God alone. <laughs> we got to take the oath, okay? We're taking the oath, and that's final. Anyway, uh, <laughs> So, so take the um, oath or take a knee, one or the other. Huh? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, regardless, right? So everybody's going around taking this oath, and it's because of him. But then he he takes it a step further, and he takes the oath. Did you see this? He took the oath. Yeah, I saw on Fourth of July, nonetheless. It's it's insanity. Insa- what is he trying to do here? 
<sighs> is he QAnon? I don't think he's QAnon per se. There's been many iterations of QAnon. However, I believe that Michael Flynn, uh, Ezra Cohen Watnick, Stanley McChrystal, um, Steve, Stephen K. Bannon, and Jerome Corsi, many of those people are within the CMP nexus, either started or controlled what has become the QAnon operation. Hmm. Now, there are many people who are involved. It's compartmentalized. Many people are unaware of what the top is doing. Many people are just receiving money. Many people are just selling their stuff. And many people, even people who push QAnon on YouTube, are patriots who just think they're right. doing the right thing. Genuine or people who people. believe in QAnon right. believe that they're doing the right thing. The problem is, is they're only looking at the left side of the, of the world or the left side of the paradigm, but seeing nothing of the crimes of the right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem. And that's a major, major, major problem. Because now you have these digital warriors who attack people like you and I, Billy Ray, and say that we're liberal, commie, <laughs> progressives. Because I dare to say that Donald Trump isn't our guy. Right, 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 right. And, and what, scare, what scares me is uh, later on, after, after all this is said and done, right? And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come around and, and they're going to realize that QAnon was never a thing. But there's going to be a lot of people that are going to double and triple down and stay with the Trump narrative of things. And uh, you also alluded to something else uh, that we've spoken about off the air, you and I, and, uh, and also with John Prester a couple of times, I spoke to him about it. But uh, the, the Trump network that they were going to start up, mm -hmm. right? Before Trump decided to mm -hmm. run for office, they, they, there were talks. It was, it was a speculation that they were going to start a Trump television network. This is going to become the real news, mm -hmm. real news. This is, mm -hmm. this, is, this is what's going to happen. This is why people, uh, why Trump in particular, and, and, and he, he got this. See, and I don't give him credit for coming up with this stuff because he didn't. And uh, maybe Steve Bannon uh, equipped him with it over with Cambridge. We'll talk to, to Neil Sanders a little bit about this at some point. Uh, shouts to Neil. You know, yes. but, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, they supplied him with all this stuff. And he's like, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. No one believes CNN. No one believes MSNBC, and they shouldn't because there's a bunch of crap that comes out of there, right? Nine times out of ten, not all the time. And, uh, and Fox News is just uh, is, uh, the crap on the other side of the room is yeah. what Fox News is. Yeah. The Trump News Network, all right, the Trump News Empire that's going to come out of this is what we need to look at as the new, real, and factual news State-run media, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we all know that Michael Flynn, again, this is another uh, tie to the QAnon, um, uh, the QAnon uh, uh, operation, was that Michael Flynn directly worked for SCL Group, which, of course, had a subsidiary, which was Cambridge Analytica. Hmm. All right? And we all know that Cambridge Analytica was founded uh, by, through um, the Mercer's and Steve Bannon and Alexander Nix. All right. However, Michael Flynn 
worked for SCL Group and had to amend his public form to put them in. He left that out. Hmm. So don't tell me that Flynn's a three-star general hero. Okay? Yeah, thank him for his service, but as far as the operations that he's running on the United States citizens, it's despicable. So you think he's knowingly yes. r- running this operation? Yes. Michael Flynn is knowingly. Right. Knowingly. I mean, yeah, you know, it has to be. Being on the inside, at least as far as I, I mean, I, I guess I, I have to assume that he was on the inside or he is on the inside to a certain degree. Um, and you sign your books where we go one, we go all. Now, you know, I mean, it's easy to prove that QAnon is a bunch of nonsense. It's very simple. John and I can do that. In 10 minutes or less, okay? So, I mean, I, I, I know, I feel that Michael Flynn is not stupid enough to fall for something like this. Being on the inside, right? The only conclusions you have left are that the guy's 100% aware and is pushing nonsense on the American people. You know, and, and uh, does, does uh, Donald Trump, is he aware of QAnon? I believe he is. And, and I believe when he does this, lackadaisical cue that he'll just throw up there when he's at a, at rallies, you know? And, and I mean, it's, there's a lot to be uh, read into there when he does stuff like that. Yeah. But I think he does it on purpose to get people riled up. Like, Oh my God, he's down with Q. He knows about Q. It is real. It is real. And, and, and the, the reason I just went from just lean Maxwell to Q on on, it's all connected. It really is, even though Ghislaine just, just just Maxwell is more rooted in reality. What's going on there, the pedal rings and all that other stuff, that's real. QAnon is not, but it's all a tool of division, and it's all rooted at pointing at the left. If you look at, at Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, the majority of the people in the truth movement, the majority of the people in the alternative media are pointing the fingers at the Clintons to the point mm-hmm. that that the Clintons um, are given credit for, for offing Epstein. Like, they have that type of pull. They don't have that type of pull, in my opinion. And I said They're this like a the- boogeyman like Soros, Billy, right. are they not? I'm not, I, I'm not saying that Soros and the Clintons have not done numerous right, right. horrific things in the bidding of the world order. All right? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying is, is people aren't intellectually honest about the, uh, about the world order and being against the left-right paradigm like we were in 2014 as a collective Agreed. truth of community. Yeah. These operations that were done by SCL Group made us divided and not united and at each other's throats. It doesn't matter how many people woke up. They woke up to what? <laughs> they woke up to only blaming half the other side? Right, really? Right. There's such a thing. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. They didn't wake up, man. They woke up to a created reality. And that, that might be the same for John and myself. We're not excluding ourselves from this process. No, we're not perfect right. either. We, but, but people have woken up to a dream with QAnon. Just plain out and simple. They think that they're woke. They think that they figured something out. Like I, I was looking at some video that, that went viral. Some, what was that movie? 
that documentary that was out on YouTube about QAnon. You and Lee took it apart. Out of the shadows. Right out of the shadows, man. And, and they're, they're uh, re, re-informing the people of things. You know, I've been in this game for quite a bit, not as, not as a presenter, but as far as analyzing and researching a lot of this stuff, John as well. And the majority of you watching, you know, have, have been uh, aware of what's going on here for quite some time. QAnon presents this as if it's brand new. There's a lot of people that it, this is brand new information, that there's a Federal Reserve, that there's a deep state, and all of this stuff. And, and so they're representing, repackaging, unknowingly nine times out of ten, re- repackaging this information, presenting it as if it's new and Donald Trump and the alliance are the solution. Yeah. It's genius, to be honest with you. Go ahead. It is. It is. It's completely genius. It's an operation of, of Michael Aquino uh, from PSYOP to Mind War uh, proportions. Uh, whoever thought this one was, a, was an absolute genius. It was a collective think tank of people, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe they did. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it was an operation that was run on the American people, and a lot of people fell for it. And even though I was never a believer of QAnon, I fell for as being a Trump supporter because I had no idea that the Council for National Policy exists because every single person in the truth movement, for the most part, that I had come across of only told me about the Council on Foreign Relations. Whether they knew it or not, that's what we're taught because the truth movement has been controlled by uh, the, the, the same groups that these people have been involved in that we talk about with Cambridge Analytica and SC, SCL group. Uh, since the John Birch Society was founded in the 1940s, hmm. all right, 1940s, 1950s, it's been since then, and, hmm. and 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 they've controlled the truth movement ever since. And in the beginning, linchpin for all of it was the assassination of JFK. Right, 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 man. Um, and uh, there's only but so many, to be honest with you, conspiracies, quote unquote, that are actually rooted in reality. Okay. Yeah, only but so many of them, and uh, JFK is one of them. Nine uh, Eleven is one of them. Seven Seven is one of them. The Iran Contra affair. Absolutely, that goes beyond. That's that's actually beyond conspiracy. Well, you know what? The the CNP's involvement in it is largely unknown. Yeah. So that part of the conspiracy, I get you one hundred percent. Um, and I would go as far as to say the moon landing. There's something wrong there. I, I think we're being lied to personally. I agree. You know, but, but, um, but th- there aren't many that we can go back and say, you know, there's something here. A lot of this is just nonsense. But straight up and down, uh, JFK is one of the ones, I mean, clearly, clearly. I mean, everybody questions it at this point. I think the majority of the American public know that this guy was assassinated. Uh, they don't care. You know, um, just like most people don't care about 9-11 anymore. You know, it's just, it's time. Time heals all wounds. Everybody knows that uh, 9-11 was an inside job of, in some sort or that we're being lied to about 9-11. But they're not actively looking to, you know, hold people accountable uh, for, for, uh, for that, for, for these uh, atrocities that were, you know, pushed on humankind. Listen, John, I don't know uh, how we get out of this. Uh, I, I want to talk about how we break people out of the left-right paradigm. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is not going to do anything to assist in that process, in my opinion. 
it's only going to be more division. Do you think she names Donald Trump before we go on to how do we break out of this and then we'll leave? Come on. I just realized it's the rep, the right left paradigm is bull crap. We used to remember that as, as a, as, as a truth movement. We used to, I mean, it wasn't too long ago. It was before Donald Trump. It, I mean, look, you, I am a political conservative or not political, sort of social conservative uh, and a Christian. So, you know, my beliefs as far as like abortion and stuff like that and everything, you know, that would fall on the right spectrum. Mm. But as far as the politics, the le- right left paradigm does not matter. They're both controlled by the world order. It doesn't matter who gets in the office and Trump is no different than the rest of them. We got to go back to remembering that if we're ever going to overcome any of this. Agreed. I agreed. 100%. I want to talk to you about this article before we get out of here. Uh, the, Daily, the Daily Mail. It was, it says exclusive. She's a good one, Right. As a question mark, it says women claims Jeffrey Epstein paraded her in front of Donald Trump when she was the pedophile's underage victim. Yeah. No one, no one's talking about this either. No. No one talks about Maria Farmer. No one is talking about this. If this was Bill Clinton, everybody would be on them like white on rice. Go ahead, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it's at Mar-a-Lago of all places. Jeffrey Epstein shows one of his victims off to, to Donald Trump and, you know, pretty much says, you know, do you like? And Donald Trump uh, nods his head in approval. Hmm. It goes, Bill Clinton, front page news. And every conspiracy person will be covered in history. But because it's Donald Trump, Nothing. remember, the trafficking happened also at Mar-a-Lago. People forget that. All right. Virginia Roberts Scoofree and many other Epstein's victims were taken from Mar-a-Lago. And it won't like Trump didn't know. All right? I'm so sick and tired of people acting like Trump is either the God Emperor and the smartest person in the world, and he doesn't understand or see any freaking thing that went on in this nexus. It's bullcrap. I'm tired of it. I like the passion, John Brissom. Got to tell you. Fantastic. 100%. 100%. Great job, sir. Let's get up out of here. All right. John Brissom live from the Kill Shed in North Carolina. Tell them where they can find you. You guys can find me, Weave underscore Red on Twitter, and we've read the documents on YouTube. All right, man. It's America Unplugged right here on Iconic every Sunday. My name is Billy Ray Valentine coming to you straight out of Orlando. It don't even sound right, man. Right? It, doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't no. sound right. Gotta get back to the Bronx, Billy. We got we gotta go back to the Bronx. <laughs> but <laughs> coming to you straight from Orlando, man. God bless. Uh, greetings and blessings to all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, and we will continue to cover this, man. We have about what? N- n- about 90 days, 100 days, or something like that, more or less, till the election comes around. This is not gonna be good, man. This is not gonna be good. If Trump wins, we got issues. If Biden wins, we got issues. And by we, I mean the world, okay? The world. We got issues one way or another. We need this guy to win, uh, Trump, to be honest, in order to have a shot to come out on top as a community uh, because it's the only way people are going to realize that, uh, and, and it's a stretch, okay? It's, it's a reach. I, I'm, we're hoping upon hope that if Trump gets reelected, that people will actually realize that he's full of crap. Um, if he doesn't get elected, then uh, it might be checkmate. It really might be. Uh, I hate to say it. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I just, 
I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna throw my hands up and 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 just I don't know. I, I have I don't even have the words to describe. It might really be checkmate if uh, if this guy doesn't get elected. So unfortunately, it has to get worse before it gets better. Donald Trump is a piece of filth, uh, and uh, I can't stand him. But he needs to be president for another four years in order for people to wake up. That's the only way I see it. Only John, way. do you agree? Only way, brother. We, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum in personal conversations. There's, that's the only way. There's the only as way. As much as I hate it, it's, I mean, I hate Biden too. Don't get me wrong. Both you and I cannot right. stand creepy Uncle Joe Biden. No. All right. And, and unless you're the two evils, you still vote for evil. Right. All right. But yeah, it's the only way. It's the only way for Trump to get in and, and the same CMP games being run for another four years. Incredible. Because if Trump does not get elected, if the CMP doesn't rig it for him to get elected like they did last time, John Kenneth Blackwell and the rest of them look into the 2004 reelection of George H.W. Bush, I mean, George, George W. Bush in Ohio and the rigging the Blackwell did and the mysterious death of Michael Connell. Uh, these same people have been rigging. I mean, they've rigged votes on both sides, both the right and the left, no matter. When it becomes a presidency, they put in who they want to be put in. All right. Election fraud happens that way. Trump's got to be put in office again because if he doesn't, if he loses, then people are going to think the deep state somehow rigged the vote against him. And then Trump will be, or God forbid, as U of I talked about, him getting assassinated and made a martyr for 20 or 30 years of nothing but QAnon. Wow. Uh, uh, and then Pence somehow becomes the good guy. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I, I, can't, I can't fight again. I'm done. I'm done. I resign. I'm out. I'm out. Hey, I, I, man, it's, it's a difficult thing. It's a really difficult thing to come to terms with. We, you know, people are looking at it, and I, I don't want to be pessimistic. And, and, and it's not, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you can call it pessimism. I, I don't know. It's, it's up to you. You decide whatever it is, but um, the the truth community is behind two eight balls right now, not one, two, two, because uh, we're being railroaded into into a different uh, kill shed, not John Brissom's, a, d- a different one altogether, a, a, one that's not good. We're being railroaded into one of those, in one sense, and in the other sense, uh, they're getting their their agenda through, and we're supporting it. Yeah, in a lot of ways. So we need to figure out what the hell is going on here real quick. It's time for people to wake up. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. It's time to go. It's late here in Orlando, Florida. I'm going to go to bed. John Brissom is going to go to bed. Thank you for tuning in yet again. Really appreciate each and every one of you. Shouts to David Ike. Shouts to Jamie Ike and Gareth Ike. Thank you for allowing me a platform. Richard Willett, uh, greetings and blessings to you. Thank you very much. Shouts to Neil Sanders. And everybody else here on Iconic, uh, take it easy. We'll see you next week, Lord Winner. Bye-bye. Yeah.
to my very soul You're the light in my deepest, darkest hour You're my savior when I fall And you may not think that I care for you When you know down inside that I really do And it's me you need to shout How deep is your love, your love How deep is your love I really need to learn Cause we're living in a world of fools Breaking us down When they all should let us be We belong to you and me All right, greetings and salutations, everybody. Happy July 4th or July 5th. It is when you'll be watching this, but still, we're recording this on the 3rd. I am here with William Ramsey's. William Ramsey's Investigates, ladies and gentlemen. He's been on the Infinite Fringe many, many times. I'm very happy to have him. William, how are you? First time here on America Unplugged. First time on Iconic. Uh, Welcome, and uh, hopefully it's the first of many. We appreciate your work, and we're going to talk a little bit about Gisleen Maxwell, and that just uh, hit the fan. So, uh, you know, it's been an ongoing thing. To be honest with you, um, I never thought I would see her get arrested. I thought she was on a higher level than Epstein. I still believe that. You can clarify. You've been doing a lot of research on this. William, introduce yourself. Welcome to, welcome to America Unplugged. Billy, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. I uh, was kind of like an independent, I've become an independent journalist, so I've covered or researched a number of topics, but I was definitely looking into Epstein in great detail. I was actually did a number of shows for my podcast, which is William Ramsey Investigates, and talked to people like Derek Bros, who'd actually been down there in 2019 and doing videos for that. So I was curious about this whole situation. So I was surprised when he got arrested and was equally as surprised like you that Ghislaine Maxwell got arrested yesterday in Bradford, New Hampshire at 156-acre estate. So Mm. uh, kind of, you know, this COVID event pretty much hampered my research into Epstein, but I've definitely been reading and I've read a lot of the court documents that uh, were attached to the defamation lawsuit made by Virginia Jufre Roberts against Elaine Maxwell, which was settled. So there's tons of documents, thousands of pages. There was actually a huge argument about those documents, whether they were going to be made available to the public. But I read through those. So I'm very familiar with Epstein, much more familiar uh, than I, you know, before. There's a lot of details about this case. So uh, I've also done uh, a lot of research into the Crime Victim Rights Act, which is, was a central component about why the original state trial, uh, criminal trial against Epstein was so questionable is that a lot of these uh, victims of Epstein never got their day in court. So uh, I was also interested in researching that. So let's talk a little bit about all that. But, um, you know, um, keep me honest and make me come back. Sometimes I'll I'll just leave that out, even though I want to talk about it. And, you know, time is what it is here. Uh, But we're going to try to squeeze in as much information as we possibly can. So Yes, Lean Maxwell gets arrested, right? I didn't think it was going to happen. So Epstein gets arrested, and then he is probably killed in jail, at least in my opinion. It doesn't. I agree with that. I agree with you. <laughs> you know, right. so, um, so there's that. 
And uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is allowed to travel the world from what I understand. I don't know how true this is because I can't trust the mainstream media, but it's all out there that, you know, that there was this story, which I think is bogus that she was at some, uh, some uh, hamburger joint reading a CIA book. Uh, I don't know. It just seemed bogus to me. There was evidence of that picture being Photoshopped. Right. So there was evidence of Photoshopping, which uh, doesn't lend to its credibility. Uh, It it feels that way to me just, just by the whole setup. And uh, she was supposed to be in Europe and in different parts of the United States. And then she ends up in New Hampshire of all places, which I feel is, is a, I don't know. It's weird. What's, what's going on in in New Hampshire? What, why would she be there? Maybe you could give me a little bit on that, but, uh, what did you feel initially when, where do you think this is going? What's the, I don't know. I thought she was above Epstein. You know, I I think so. I think you're right though. I think you're absolutely right. She was probably the brains and he was more of like a foot soldier because she seemed to be the one handling and being the one going out and finding kids. But I was surprised when she got arrested. But one of the interesting elements of this, of this event is that the grand jury indictment didn't come out until June 29th. So very recent, very recently would there have been any uh, ability for them to arrest her. So th- they moved right into action to arrest her right then. So that was June 2nd, right? So um, they, they must have known and been tracking her all over either through her three passports because she's a citizen of France, UK and US. She's a naturalized citizen here. Wow. So they must have known where she was. So you got to give credit to the FBI and these other guys for keeping an eye on her until there was enough evidence. I thought there was enough evidence just from my reading of all of the available stuff to arrest her. And one of the interesting aspects of the indictment is that she there, there are six counts, but two counts are for perjury. So they actually went into that case that I was mentioning, which is an important uh, reference point, which is the Jufre v. Maxwell civil case because they went into there and said that she was lying based upon all of the statements and testimony that they've accrued, that she lied about the sexual activities mm-hmm. in that civil case, which is very interesting because uh, that's a recent charge. And one, another ad- interesting aspect of the indictment is that it's for activities. The criminal activities took place all the way back in 1994 to 1997. So they didn't even add anything in that complaint about anything that's happened for the last 25 years. Wow. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. So they had enough evidence and uh, to just get her on these things that happened that long ago when there's just been so much more criminality and all kinds of wrongdoing. So they're not even touching. So they, I would expect in the future a superseding complaint that mm-hmm. there'll be additional charges if they have to. And that's the whole thing is like, is this going to go Epstein? Or There was actually a front, I think you probably might have seen it as from the New York Post. They said, now I think the headline was, can you keep her safe in jail, right? Right, right. So uh, there's a, this is a very, you know, there's, this whole situation is fraught with intrigue. It's pretty remarkable too, because they just got rid of the old guy who was prosecuting Epstein. I want to talk to you. Southern Dict of New York, New York was, was Berman. Right. So it's a very strange that Berman goes, the grand jury indictment comes and the arrest comes right in a, in a row. So let, let, let me ask you about Berman, right? Cause I was reading up a bit about him and he is, hold on for a second. Just, just so I don't screw this up. I'm going to read it. Uh, he is the, was United States attorney for the Southern district of New York. And he was removed 
by uh, William Barr. He was appointed by Jeff Sessions, right? And, and William Barr removed him. Uh, they say on behalf of Donald Trump, Donald Trump signed off on it. At the very least, he said he had nothing to do with it. And then uh, Mc, McLean, I forget her name, uh, she said that um, Trump actually signed, up, signed off on it, on, on the firing. But here's the deal with this guy that I find very interesting. Maybe you can shed some light, right? He, um, he was the one that brought initial charges onto Epstein, right? And he brought charges onto the two um, guards, Michael Thomas being one of them. I forget the other guy's name, something, uh, uh, Ivana or, or I forget his name, but, um, he brought charges onto them for, for falsifying documentation for that night, you know, and, night that died, right. right. And, uh, and he was actively pursuing Prince Andrew and he was saying that Prince Andrew wouldn't, um, wasn't cooperating. Right. He, this is the guy that was saying Prince Andrew wasn't cooperating. Now, there's um, there's an attorney involved here for some Epstein. Um, let me see if I can find his name. Uh, Spencer Curvin or Curvin is his name. He's involved. He's defending some uh, some uh, some of Epstein's victims. Gotcha. And uh, I guess he was working with uh, uh, Jeffrey and uh, he speculates that that uh, this guy was let go because he was pushing to get Prince Andrew in and they tried to cut that off. Now, so a lot of people make the connection between uh, Berman uh, being let go and um, the Gislein's Maxwell's arrest, which is hard not to make, but yeah, apparently absolutely. this guy didn't want to step down. You know, uh, Jeffrey. No, he, it's, a, it's a basic fact that he did not want to step down, Right. that he resisted it, but all of the U.S. attorneys serve at the pleasure of the president. So if he yeah. says you're gone, you're done. Gone. Right. Barr just was a probably just a foot soldier in that regard, just doing. So why did he get let go? I so don't know. He, he appointed, and I'm gonna let you get in because I mean you're the guest and you're the guy with the knowledge. I just want to set out the the table for you so you can know where I'm coming from here, right? Right. So right. he appointed before he left Berman uh, appointed uh, Aubrey Strauss uh, to be the acting. Uh, in his in his place, and she was the one who carried this whole thing out. So it's like uh, carrying the torch. She's been working with this guy for thirty years, you know. So uh, she took it and did this. So this is just a continuation of what this guy was doing. So they tried to hamper something, and I think maybe, and this is just speculation. Uh, Berman outthought them for a bit and said, "You know what? Uh, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to appoint this lady, and then I'm going to step down." And that way she went forward and got Ghislaine Maxwell. And I don't know what's going to happen after that. She is not going to hold down the position. Uh, Trump has already appointed somebody else. Right. Uh, I forget his name. Go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. But maybe, I mean, I thought my speculation was that he wasn't going hard enough and hmm. he might have wanted to resist actually arresting Ghislaine Maxwell based upon the evidence and then they got rid of him and got somebody to do it. So that's plausible to do. But the pressure on, on Andrew was real. There's pictures of Andrew with Jufre and Ghislaine Maxwell in London. That's been verified by Sean Atwood, who went to uh, where Ghislaine Maxwell lived and, and confirmed that the wooden staircase is real. So, <laughs> wow. so yeah. So uh, Prince Andrew can't really kind of – wrangle his way out of that and he's going he's in deep he's actually pictured peeking out of the door from jeffrey epstein's mansion 
on the east side. So uh, there's a lot of intrigue going on there at the Southern District of New York. It's pretty remarkable. It's even a lot more intrigue because in this detention me- memo is the daughter of James Comey. Mm. She has her name signed on that. Right, so right, right. you've got another guy who's a known leaker, Maureen Comey. So she's an assistant United States attorney. So you've got just this really remarkable, and Audrey Strauss is on there as well. So the two new documents, the uh, the indictment and the detention memo, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there is plenty going on, but I, I don't know where it ends. Like, I don't know what the end game here is. I don't think uh, she's going to get suicided. I don't think so. I think it would be incredibly... It's too obvious. I think people would, uh, yeah, a lot of people already caught on to Epstein. You know, the Epstein that didn't kill himself was trending all over the place. Uh, so um, hold on for just a second. Still there? Boom. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was trending all over the place. And this was in uh, crossed over to the mainstream that they were questioning whether or not this guy was, uh, was alive or dead or did he kill himself? All this other stuff. Everybody became a conspiracy theorist there for a while, sure. you know? So um I don't think the same thing happens to Ghislaine Maxwell. I think I, and, and I want your thoughts on it. I think she walks. I, I, I think she gets a slap on her wrist. I think she names a little bit of names and throws them uh, to the fire, whomever it is that they deem fit. And she walks after this. That's just me. I could be very wrong. Go ahead, sir. Well, so you think that she's not going to serve any time at all, that she'll roll over and mm-hmm. throw them a bone or whatever to make them happy. Maybe. Not tell the full story, do like a limited hangout or something? Give them, give them what they want, you know, appease the people, appease whomever, give them, you know, some scraps off the table. And, uh, I mean, if she does any time, it'll be minimal. I think uh, a year maybe, uh, maybe just probation, something like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think she's going to get off. Something is telling me this. This is just me speculating, of course. Go ahead. No, but I think it's important because there's a lot of unknowns. What decisions she's going to make, what kind of negotiations she's going to make. I don't know her, who her attorneys are at this point. Um, so it could, it could be, there could be any kind of, uh, any kind of result. I think, I mean, I kind of speculated that she'll plead out, that she will try to negotiate a very low prison sentence and, Plead out because I don't think she'll want to even go to trial, and they, they they don't want to even open that Pandora's box of any trial, cross examination, any discovery, anything that really happened. I mean, if you look at the, um, if you look at the Jufrey Maxwell civil case, that was a can of worms that opened up, and has spited her, four years later, five you know now that that they're charging her with perjury. So I don't think something like that would happen. I don't think that she'll, there'll, there will be a trial. I think there'll wow. be some type of plea agreement or she'll kind of try to negotiate, just like you said, a slap on the wrist if she can, if the government is willing to give that to her. Yeah. I mean, you know, she is just so connected. Like she's not Jeffrey Epstein, you know, and, and I want you to go ahead and, and give a little bit of a, of a background as to who this woman is, even though a lot of people actually know, but um, uh, you know, details and, and just, Take your time and, and, you know, give us the, the highlights of who this woman actually is. But Jeffrey Epstein, in my opinion, was a minion. Yes. You know, and no, that's I, why they said, here, take him. Go ahead. Well, he wasn't as sophisticated. I think his dad was like a groundskeeper in New York City. So he didn't come from a polished background like right. Elaine Maxwell, who was the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who was a publishing magnet and a kind of a corporate swindler. He actually 
looted the pension funds of, of I think it was the world or one of these newspapers in New, uh, in the UK and kind of uh, made him kind of an infamous financial fraudster. But he was also known as Israel Super Spy. I mean, there's a book out there by the author Dylan that he was involved in all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, he was actually a Holocaust survivor. His real name, his given name when he was born was Abraham Laszlo. And he went through like three or four name changes and ended up at Robert Maxwell. And Ghislaine Maxwell is the daughter of him and uh, French Huguenots, like a French Protestant, persecuted Protestants in France, and uh, who grew up with wealth and money. So she was always in this kind of higher, high society, socialite life, sophisticated, you know, knows how to dress and act among wealthy people. She was at, I think it was Chelsea Clinton's wedding. She was seen there. So she was mixing with the top, very sophisticated people. And uh, that, I think that that was really like when you say what the dynamic between Epstein and her is, she's clearly the, was the one with the social graces that Epstein really didn't have. And so, um, and so that, I think that's really her background. And she had to have known what her dad was really up to. You know, his dad was, like, her dad was like a triple agent, not a double agent, but he was working <laughs> with the Soviets, the UK, and there's actually a really good documentary about him that said that uh, MI5 or MI6, which is the uh, uh, international aspect of the British intelligence, financed him originally to get into the publishing business. That, that his, he started off as an intel asset uh, for the UK. And when, you know, when he died, he, he was buried in Jerusalem, and I think like five or six of the prime ministers of Israel attended his funeral They because wow. they recognized how important he was. Right, right, right. It's, it's, so, yeah, oh, I mean, ahead. it's a tragic life because he, uh, I think all of his, uh, Abraham Laszlo slash Robert Maxwell's family was murdered in the Holocaust. So he was one of those people who came out of the war, just different look towards everything, you know, if you, and I think that there's a, not, there's a sequence of him looking at the memorial of like the Holocaust victims and those were his family. So it's really tragic. Uh, perspective. But yeah. But uh, I don't think he was a very pleasant person to, and he was definitely uh, Robert Maxwell was definitely a financial fraudster. His sons were like, they're not allowed. To, they were at least for a time banned from owning any stock in any company in the UK, I think, or they weren't allowed to be on a board. So there was a real, uh, you know, there was a real burden that they had by being, you know, his, his children. So, but she was one of them. It's pretty interesting too. I was talking to this about somebody else, but her sister married uh, this guy, Molina's son, Molina, like the original rocket testers out of Pasadena was Jack Parsons, who was Aleister Crowley's um, protege right. guy by the name of Ed Foreman. And there was Molina and his son married her sister interesting yeah really fascinating and they were known as the suicide squad because they were doing the original <laughs> rocket testing the jet, assist, jet assisted takeoff stuff and uh so they there's some interesting ties to that family no no question maybe maybe one day we'll have a conversation about mr parsons right he's a very interesting guy yeah uh, i mean it does there's a kind of a tangential like i said attachment but it also shows their kind of sophistication of that family because 
like Molina and these guys were right there at the whole um, beginning of the JPL jet propulsion laboratory with Warner Von Braun. Right, like right. Parsons is talking to Brown. I mean, it's very interesting stuff. It is. And these guys, and it's kind of ties into what Epstein, one of the aspects of Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein was to ingratiate themselves to the scientific technical elite in the U S as well. So they used to go to these meetings in Monterey, like specifically fly out of their way to hobnob with people like Sergey Brin of Google, Wojcicki of uh, YouTube. I mean, they're pictured together. And some of these other kind of materialistic, scientistical thinkers like uh, Steven Pinker and Krauss and these other guys that are around that are on like Joe Rogan's podcast. So (laughs) a lot of these guys are keeping their mouth shut about how much they know about Epstein. (laughs) And, you know, he had his, he was uh, involved at MIT. He was giving money to, Harvard. So yeah. there was, these guys were, they were, I would, you know, some people would say he was a, you know, uh, benefactor or philanthropist, but he also could be seen as corrupting them, right? If he's involved in that corruption. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think they're keeping their mouth shut because they're probably compromised in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and the compromise goes around. I mean, it's just, it, it's yeah. never ending. The whole goes super deep. Super. How how deep do you think it goes, William? All the way to presidents. You know, I think a lot of these presidents are sweating and it goes all the way. I mean, he was an informant for, I mean, at least in that case, there's an FBI document that Mueller is on, the FBI director saying he's giving information to the FBI. <laughs> so these guys were in a very, uh, you know, thick with intrigue environment where they're talking to people who knows what information they're giving, what little tidbits, what they're gathering. I mean, Virginia Giuffre said that the whole uh, mansion in New York was set up to spy in every room and that there was a separate room in that mansion with video cameras monitored by some guy she didn't even know. (laughs) So, like, these guys are just compiling video after video on people. So they probably knew stuff. I mean, he's hanging out with Bill Gates, like one of the richest men in the world. Um, So it's, uh, it goes super deep. I mean, here, here's an example. So Virginia Giuffre is ha, has hung out with Maxwell and Epstein, and she actually uh, slept. I mean, so according to her, she was far, she was like given out. She, Epstein had a place in Florida, New York, and Santa Fe, and the governor of New Mexico at that time was a guy by the name of I think it was Richardson, and then there was also a senator who um she's mitchell do you ever you know who mitchell was i do not okay so mitchell was another guy that she said she slept with well what happened to these guys this guy went from the governor of new mexico to working at the un so they've got material on this guy at the un and george mitchell becomes installed get this becomes later installed as the head negotiator for the palestinian palestinian israeli uh negotiations peace negotiations so yeah no it's absolutely incredible so this is a guy they probably got information on and later becomes a a key head of this negotiation for the palestinian palestinian israeli conflict who's had sex with an underage girl right completely so that's how deep it goes that's just one example that's just one example but there's a really incredible picture. If you look up the, the negotiations of Mitchell, because 
There's Hillary Clinton, Mitchell, the head of the Palestinians, and Netanyahu. And I'm just looking at that going, Netanyahu knows exactly how this is going to work out. It's going right. to work out to Israel's advantage. Absolutely. And he's, smiling, he's got a, this big old smile on his face. Yeah. He knows exactly that Mitchell is compromised. He owns him. Incredible. 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 And this is how things work. And, you know, this is how our political system works. It's, it's how the world works pretty much. I want to ask you about Hillary before. Oh, I'm sorry. You got something to say? Go ahead. I was just going to say that's how deep it goes. I mean, that's just one example. What else? Who else is being compromised? Where else are kids being shipped in on critical discussions on very important subjects? You know, you don't know. And then go look at those flight logs, you know? Right. They right, say right. that John Roberts is on there, the freaking head of the, um, the head of the Supreme Court. Dude, everybody's like John there. Roberts. Yeah, so all people are on there, right? Everybody. So, hey, come on, let's free flights, baby. We can go to Monterey. <laughs> we can go to Caribbean. Right, you know? right, right. Hey, what do you like, you know? And so many so many of these are missing, right? They only have a, but a, right. but a limited amount of them. So who else Absolutely. could have been flying on these things? And, and it's, oh, uh, it's incredible. And, and, uh, and I think the rabbit hole goes in extremely deep, just like you said earlier. But it's I, I, not I, just I, girls. Hey, it's not just girls. It's also boys. There's some people with taste for men, you know, Kevin Spacey. There, I mean, you don't really know the totality. And Crazy Days and Nights, I don't know if you've read that website, but they're very well connected uh, attorneys in L.A. I would look up Crazy Days and Nights and look at their reporting on Epstein and all these guys at that island. There's all these film directors and all these people. And there was one whose name I don't even want to wreck uh, uh, state but yeah. he was smart enough not to get on Epstein's flight what he would do is he would fly to an adjoining island and take a boat so that there was no record of him on any of Epstein's stuff since he was he was savvy enough not to be written down as that so there's wow. all kinds of stuff man they were involved in all kinds of deep stuff not a lot of I mean it's slowly being uncovered but it goes super deep man you know and I think uh, there's a couple of things I do want to ask you about Hillary but um I just want to ask you about her on a surface level. Like everybody looks, everybody turns when, when something like this happens and all oh, the Clinton kill list, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's going to get at him or, or Bill or, or whatever. Um, while there are very questionable things that the, the Clintons have done and, uh, and we could, you know, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, Clinton bill has uh, allegedly raped a lot of women, you know, and, uh, and they've done, very crazy things that they were probably allegedly involved in Mena, Arkansas and the drug trade that was running out of there, you know? um, So there's a lot of things going on, but do they really have the pull to kill a Jeffrey Epstein, you know, or do they really have the pull to kill a Justine Maxwell in your opinion? I don't think they do. I think this is above their pay grade personally, but, everybody uh, seems to politicize the issue and use it. I'm like, okay, they're they're the ones, it's them, they're going to do it. I I don't think they do. Go ahead. Well, I think that a lot of people, when Epstein got arrested, there were a lot of people sweating. There's probably a lot of people sweating now that Ghislaine is arrested. Yeah. But I think that you're absolutely right. I think, but they're part of that network. Right. I think that Bill and Hillary, I mean, in my opinion, at the very top, they're much more similar across the aisle then they're different. Agreed. They're really plutocrats. And the Democratic Party has this kind of uh, pretense at the very elite level, the, the Yale lawyer level, that they're people of the people. But they're really, they're really just uh, an elite. They're really just an elite. In as much as the Bushes are an elite as well. They're really not a Christian. I mean, it's kind of funny. 
in a lot of ways because there's lies told to each different party. One is that your leaders are just like you on the left, and the right is that they're Christians. <laughs> when the guys at the top, I just look at Christian like their faith as just a political prop, in my opinion. Wow. So I mean, that's uh, me and funny. So I think that I think that when people say, "Oh, it was just a clean," I think that you know, I I liken it to the movie. Um, uh, murder on the Oregon Express. If you've ever seen that, never have. They, yeah. Oh no, you got to check it out. No. I won't ruin it for. Well, it's a lot. It's an it I'm fine. I'm going to okay. watch it. Regardless. Well, okay, watch it. But it's basically they all killed yeah, her. They all wanted her. They all wanted him dead. That's yeah. the whole trick of. That's the whole twist of murder on the Oregon Express. Express is the guy is looking for the murderer, but what he realizes at the end is that the whole thing was a setup, and they all wanted him dead for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's Jeffrey Epstein. So to say, like, I mean, I've speculated, like, if you're dealing with people with that much money, all they have to do is just set up an account in Luxembourg, Switzerland, fake account, you know, candy shop, put money in. And all these guys put money in a kitty and they say, this is what I want to happen. And they don't, well, they don't not even t- touched it. They don't even have to worry about it. They don't have to do anything else. Somebody goes and the, you know, you go on down the road, there's three degrees of separation and things happen. Money gets exchanged. You know, I wouldn't, yeah, we can get into those details about how those operations work, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if those security guards who are at the MCC, you know, little, a little bill here, a little vanilla envelope there. Man, let me tell you. On, dude, you're dealing with people with billions of dollars. Right. So the guy who's making 45K a year watching people sleep at night, you know, somebody says, hey, here's 100,000. Here's 200,000. It's life changing. Yeah. No, I mean, could you say no? I don't know if I could. I mean, and I was just about to tell you, I would not want to be in that position. I wouldn't either. No you, way. You, well, it's like one of those things is what if you don't take the money? Exactly. Like you're screwed either way at that point. Yeah, once, oh, once they bring it into your realm, you are screwed. Rude. You just got to make the right decision and hope. Uh, well, there is no right decision. You got to make the decision that affects you, affects you less because you're, you're going to get affected regardless. In my opinion, I mean, it's just not a good situation. It's I, not a good situation. I, I, I wouldn't so want to I wouldn't want to be either of those guards at that place either. So. <laughs> Hell no, man. No, 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 not at all. I mean, here, here's the thing, bro. I mean, the thing is, is that there are so many people involved that so delicate, like the, the reverberations of that, what would happen to their professional life, their family life, their reputation, you know, everything. They, they needed Jeffrey to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jeffrey yeah. had to go. And Ghislaine may be the same way. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what Maybe that's why Berman didn't want to arrest her. You know, it's like, I don't want to go through this whole thing again. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't know. I don't really know. Well, if you didn't, right, well, let's see. Let's see. Right. Like I, I'm not, I'm, the jury's still out for me on this guy. Right. Cause if, uh, if he didn't want to be a part of it and he got fired, I'd have been like, okay, I'm, I'm gone. But he didn't want to, you know, he wanted to stay in there. And then he went out of his way to get this lady from what I understand. I forget her name again. Hold on. I wrote it Audrey down. Strauss. Audrey her. Strauss. Yeah. <laughs> Strauss, you know, and he appointed her for that reason. And they're moving. For, I mean, they've been uh, colleagues for over 30 years. You know, he brought her along uh, with him to these things. So um, it looks like they're following through. I don't know. You know better than me. So let's see what develops at the end of this. Right. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, and we will figure it out. Unfortunately, this is uh, still the tip 
of the iceberg. We are nowhere close to getting to the bottom of this. And, and I used to say, William, and we'll get out of here. I used to say, I still say, and I've said it here on America Unplugged several times that I was going to stop covering Epstein, and I did. This is the first time I've done anything relating to Epstein in quite some time because I felt like we were being manipulated as a people to look at Epstein and not look at anything else. You know, we were just concentrating Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. He's such a horrible person. We got him good and all that's great, but there's way more, way more, you know, and now with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell being brought into custody, um, I think it's a, I think it's a step in the right direction, but this is still just the the tip of the iceberg. I mean, uh, let's talk about Trump real quick before we get up out of here, actually. Okay. I almost forgot about, about the Donald. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he was close friends with them. There's pictures right. of them together at Mar-a-Lago. Right. And if you look, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a body language expert, but the way that their body language, this is like a video from 1996 where there was a bunch of girls dancing. Oh, yeah, Jeffrey totally. Epstein is the center. And, and Trump is kind of like, if you look at that, it's not like the center of attention. He's kind of like a little kind of spaniel, a little mm. lap dog. And it's interesting how that that uh, was playing out, that little dynamic between them. But they were old friends in the 90s. There's pictures of them together in kind of report uh, reporting that took place in Palm Beach. And their places weren't that far apart. On Mar-a-Lago is not that far from where Epstein's place is in Palm Beach. So, you know, they're operating in that same circle back when uh, Bill was much more of a playboy than he was recently, I think. So... You know, and like we talked in the pre-show, there's there's reports of them being together. You said that Maria Farmer, who I've followed and I'm familiar with, said that they're hanging out together. And there's a lot of people like that. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Trump was probably pretty nervous and probably still still is nervous. That who knows where those materials are? Is he compromised, they, in your opinion? Yeah, I would think that everybody who was close to Epstein was compromised, including mm. Trump. I think they're probably, and that's how they just kept everybody's mouth shut, you know, because it's kind of like, you know, it's the honor among those types is that they all know what each other is doing so they can rat each other out. Probably. Absolutely disgusting. 100% disgusting what is going on, but we're getting to the bottom of it some way, shape or form. William Ramsey's. Thank you. We appreciate you for joining us here on America Unplugged. Please tell the people where they can find your work. Uh, William Ramsey investigates.com and I, all my most recent documentaries are on Vimeo under William Ramsey. So I've been uh, put out three documentaries in the last three months. So wow. people want to go check that out. Yeah. So all streaming there. Vimeo doesn't seem to want to censor me at all. So that's really positive. Unlike YouTube. So I've had very good uh, so far, very good results uh, being on Vimeo or, or having using that as a platform. Good, good, good. Well, you know, maybe we'll, uh, We'll hook you up with uh, Mr. Uh, Richard Willett here in, uh, on Iconic. I think uh, you and him would have an excellent conversation. So Great. I think we're going to hook that up. He's also a documentary film uh, maker. And, uh, and you know what? Actually, before we get out, let me hit you one more thing because uh, he tweeted out. Now, now I just, it just uh, came into my mind. Uh, Boris Johnson and, and uh, Ghislaine Maxwell back in the day. Apparently, they went to the same school. Maybe they even dated. Who knows? I'm not sure. What do you know about that? Do you know anything about that? Not not that much. But like I said, like she comes from that socialite background, best right. schools. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they 
uh, mix of, but if you look up Boris Johnson, look up the Boddington Boys Club hmm. and what those guys were up to. It was kind of like this uh, drink. Well, they called it, the nice thing was a drinking society, but it was a bunch of rich kids kind of uh, with no holds barred attitude. So Boris Johnson's part of that. Um, Incredible. Yeah, but I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know not yet how much she was involved with him. No. All right. Beautiful. Any William, thank you very much thank for you. taking the time to talk to me. And uh, you will definitely be back as many times as you want to be, sir. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hold on for just a sec. It's America Unplugged, guys. Do you recall not long ago we would walk on the sidewalk? Innocent, remember all we did was care for each other. But the night was on and we were both. And all around the wind blows, we would only hold Blow a kiss, fire a gun, we need someone to lean on. Blow a kiss, fire a gun, all we need is somebody to lean on. What will we do when we get old? Will we walk down the same road? You'll be there by my side, standing strong as the waves roll over. Night was long and longing for you to come home And all around the wind blows We would only hold on to let go Blow a kiss, fire a gun We need someone to lean on Blow a kiss, fire a gun All we need is somebody to lean on All right, what's going on? Greetings and salutations all the way from Orlando, Florida. It's Billy Ray Valentine, and I know I said that uh, Don Jeffries wasn't going to be around because he had some issues at home with uh, infrastructure and plumbing or whatever, but uh, he's here. What a trooper. Hits me up. He's like, hey, we doing this or not? So if he's doing it, I'm doing it. He's here. Welcome back, Mr. Don Jeffries. Greetings and blessings. How are you? Welcome back to America Unplugged. Thanks, Billy. Right, yeah, it's here a little, a uh, little the worse for the wear, but we're hanging in there. So we Good. still have a. Uh, you'll notice the backdrop's a little bit different because I mm-hmm. had to slide my table down until, until my basement gets rebuilt. But uh, glad to be. We missed last week. I couldn't miss you two weeks in a row. <laughs> well, I thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate your time, as you know. And I was talking uh, with uh, John Brissom, who uh, who did the first segment. And I was talking to him about Roger Stone, and I was like, man, I mean, this is perfect for Don, you know, because. Don and I had covered it before here on America Unplugged, and you have a, a bit of a relationship. I was having an issue describing your relationship. I don't know how, well, you're here, so you can go ahead and describe it. But I was sitting there, I'm like, I, I don't know if they're friends or not, or, but, but I know he wrote uh, the forward to uh, uh, Hidden History, you know, so, uh, and, and he's been on his show, you know, uh, so there is a relationship, but I, I didn't know exactly how to describe it. Regardless, he got pardoned, and I'm sure you know. So we should discuss because everybody's pissed on, uh, well, not everybody, but, you know, the left is super pissed about this. But anyway, go ahead, Mr. Jeffries. Yeah, well, uh, Roger and I, I mean, I don't know. I guess he considers me a friend. I've never met him. I've talked to him on the phone several times. He was on my show uh, earlier this year, right before he was, uh, hit, right when he was announced he was going to have to go to prison. And it's kind of an exclusive. And uh, he did write the forward to Hidden History. 
really burst into prominence after that <clears throat> when Trump started running for president. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've, obviously I don't agree with everything about him, don't agree with his history, which he had pretty much repudiated, but uh, he was, to me, was, you know, he loved hidden history enough to write a forum for it. So he's, uh, he's okay with me, and I didn't see that he did anything criminal at all. So I was very uh, upset at the fact that he might have to go to prison. So thank goodness Trump, he didn't actually pardon him. He commuted, what do you do? His, he commuted his sentence. Which What's is, the difference there? Because well, I'm reading that, that he, it says he commuted his sentence and then they're taking it as a, as a pardon. Well, it's, it, it serves almost the same purpose. As I understand that it's a legal distinction where a pardon would completely clear his record. Hmm. Uh, so even then, Trump can't quite go all the way. But uh, supposedly, Roger Stone asked him to commute instead of pardon. I don't know if that's true or not. Because I, I think he wants to clear his name on his own in an appeal. Hmm. So I, I think he's being a little naive about our uh, justice system because I don't know that he can find a court that will do that. But maybe he can. But at any rate, he's not going to prison. And you're right. The, the, the people are going to raise hell about it. I'm already seeing people talking about it. And uh, it's amazing. You know, because it, you know, you're letting – I don't even know how many hundreds or thousands of prisoners they've let out of prison because of the supposed virus all across the country, including, I know, at least some violent offenders yeah, yeah. who have went on to offend again, <laughs> which seems kind of a, a really senseless thing to be doing. I mean, you're really worried that, you know, the people in prison might get coronavirus, really? I mean, and yet you want to send people like Roger Stone and uh, apparently maybe some of the people that aren't wearing their masks because the police are sure out arresting them still or, you know, finding them or whatever. So it's it's very uh, strange times, but I am I was pleasantly surprised because I was saying I didn't think Trump was going to do anything. So at least he he did something, and he stood up because Roger Stone has been loyal to him for a fault. And let's face it, he was convicted because of his association with Trump. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's absolute, right? It, it was it all had to do with uh, the RussiaGate scandal the crazy and, Russiagate, said, and, yeah, and right? all that stuff. So. Yeah, he definitely was convicted because of the whole situation with Trump. Now, right. there's people on the left, and by the left, I mean CNN, full-on left, okay? There, there's no, no distinction. I know they try to say fair and balanced. It, it's the left, all right? And it's the far left at that, you know? Not even the, the left that Don Jeffries uh, likes to say from yesteryear. No, this right. is something completely no. different. It's, it's, yep. it's the left, what people call the deep state, even though we know better here. It's both the left and the right, but for argument's sake, um, they're saying CNN. Uh, they had a, they had a dude on last night. Don't know who he was. I came in from the pool and I turned on, and they were like, "I can't believe this. I cannot believe that Roger Stone has been pardoned. We've never seen anything like this in American history, where a president uh. interferes." To yeah. help out his friend because he's his friend is what they were saying. Oh, that's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, has it? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I'm sitting here. Oh, I'm like, I mean, okay, but I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, go you know, you know, I mean, this happened many times. I mean, uh, Richard Nixon, I mean, Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. right? You go back to that. And uh, certainly we, I was reading today. Uh, I can't remember the woman's name, but she's not black as, you know, almost all of Black Lives Matter is, is not black. Most people don't know that. <laughs> it's pretty much a white organization. I'm not sure what's going on there, but it's not black, very black. But anyhow, the, one, one of the big shots in Black Lives Matter is uh, you know, a white woman. I can't remember her name. Right. But anyhow, she made some typical anti-white comments. You know, again, being white, again, I don't know which, you know, 
she's excluding herself, I guess. But uh, white she, guilt, you know, yeah, it, white guilt. Yeah, well, right. she had been she had been pardoned on President on Bill Clinton's last day in office, and she was a violent. Uh, I think she either threatened a judge or did something that she had. A, he had a criminal record. You know, one of the typical '60s kind of Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn. You know, uh, who were, or later were benefactors of Barack Obama. Right. And, and later went on to kind of win corporate awards and everything somehow, even though they were the one to tear the system down. So didn't, didn't people, Bill Ayers write Obama's book? At least that was the. There, that's, uh, the that's some people think that he he certainly was his benefactor. Right. And uh, he was, you know, by, again, <laughs> that that was one of the days when I would have been on the left, but I never would have been. You know, people like Bob Dylan, great people on the left. You know, he was he was blasting the weathermen groups like that because of their violence. You know that great line in uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues where he said, "You know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows," and that that's a great meaning two ways because you you don't need a weatherman to tell you anyhow, but you don't need somebody from the weathermen, which is a violent uh, leftist organization that later people like Bill Ayers and Bernadette Dorn, these are the organizations that, that you know they were wanting to terrorize, bomb people so that innocent people died, things like that. Angela Davis is another one that was doing that. It was now you know. Well, all these people's reputations are restored and they're in the mainstream now, which is really frightening because these, their violence hasn't subsided. They haven't really become like uh, staples of the mainstream. They still, uh, you know, believe in this. And uh, that's why a lot of us are, are scared, you know, as bad, as, as troubling as Trump is. And, you know, he's, he's pretty much a big doofus, but he may be all that stands between us and wow. kind of the hippie dream come true. You know, where because uh, the left has changed a lot, even since Barack Obama was elected. The country is I mean, when 2012, nothing when Obama was elected, nothing really changed. Really. I mean, I mean, other than, you know, there was all this feel good talk from the media and Hollywood fell in love with them and all that stuff because of political correctness. But as far as policy, nothing really changed. And you didn't have these screeching social justice warriors in the street. Uh, there wasn't all the tremendous anti-white rhetoric. It was only when Trump got elected that uh, apparently this uh, group just was triggered, and they are still being triggered. And you're seeing one 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 phenomenon I'm finding is that most of the of, of the very few Black Lives Matters or Antifa uh, people that are being arrested for anything, most of them are not being prosecuted at all. They're too busy going after people that aren't wearing masks. Right. You know, so they don't care about this. But Almost all of them I've seen have been public school teachers, hmm. which is scary. I mean, that, that you know, you hear of a middle-aged woman that is, or maybe not a middle-aged, but you know, a young woman that's teaching your kids, and she's out there tearing down a statue. I mean, that's you know, do you really, is that what we want really? But so I think it tells us a lot about these young people that have just come out of college and indoctrination since Obama was elected, and. Uh, the the leftward drift, uh, the the kind of virtue signaling left that, that I hate now, the political correctness, identity politics, that's what's producing these people, and they are running everything. If you if you know even you know you talk about conspiratorial, I, I'm sure you saw the picture of the so-called armed black uh, militants. Yeah. yeah, with the well, if you looked closely, I didn't see too many that were black. They were dressed in black, but you could see the white skin beneath them. Really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, maybe there were some blacks there. I don't I'll know, take a look. I'll take a look. I, I saw it yeah. in passing. I'll take a well, look. Well, they, they were all dressed in black, and that's what they'll do a lot of times. And I don't even know what that means, but 
it's, it's, I don't know what's going on, but these appear to be paid provocateurs and provocateurs. And I, I don't know what the uh, end result's going to be, but it's scary times. Yeah. Because I, you know, they're, I mean, when you have, you know, this and people like people are seeing how bad the leadership is at the, like the low, the city level. You wonder why the cities are in such bad shape. Look at people like Lori Lightfoot or Bill de Blasio that these people are awful. Oh. I mean, de Blasio is out there painting, helping to paint the black lives matter <laughs> sign. I mean, is that really something a mayor should in, be doing? In in front of Trump Tower. Yeah, yeah, in front of Trump. Al Sharpton's right there. The first work, physical work Disgusting. Al's done probably since his days as a crack dealer. He's out there paying, <laughs> they turned him into an FBI informant. But he's out there, and it's like, this is what you're doing. And then he comes out with a decree where uh, he said he's he wants to ban all gatherings except Black Lives Matters protests. No, man, no, Like, man. how, you know, what, how do you, at some point, there has to be blowback here. And because, and I mean, you know, you already have that situation out in Oregon where, again, a bunch of white people passed an absurd thing saying uh, mask is mandatory, but not for blacks. This is, this is, the, I, <laughs> listen, I, I don't want to, I mean, screw it, right? Yeah. It's conspiratorial. Call me conspiratorial. Uh, th this is by design, bro. I mean, Absolutely. I Absolutely. It, 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 there's, I just can't get it through my head anymore. Because they're allowed, what is this going to do? I, I know these people aren't dumb, at least um, the people that are, that are controlling these people aren't dumb. No. The, the, the actual figureheads might be dumb as stones. Bill de Blasio might be a dumb as a stone. He, he yeah. really might be. Yeah. I, I'm not even saying this to be insulting. He really might be mentally ill, okay? It's just the way things are right now. Um, so I, I, whomever's controlling him, they know that this is going to cause a blowback. This is, I mean, it's inevitable. People are going to get pissed off. And people have been getting pissed off for a while now. And what it's doing, it's, 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 it's pouring cement on the, on the divide. The right. divide is there now. Like, it's, it's evident. Before, people used to talk about it. Like, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. No, it, it's there. Now they're trying to put cement in there to make it permanent. Absolutely. Is, is what they're and, trying to do here. Go ahead. And, and it's the strangest thing, like I said, you've ever seen is that not – People, especially on the right, when I hear people talk about it, the impression is that you've got a lot of angry blacks out there. And you do have pretty many right. angry blacks out there. And, but, and they were hyper-radicalized from a long time ago. This is, right. This, go ahead. It is. But you, we've never seen anything like it. Because if you go back and look at the riots, even in 1992, with the Rodney King riots, it still was largely black, mostly blacks. And, uh, but I mean, maybe there were a few whites, but you did, cause you didn't have this Antifa black lives matter organizations. They didn't exist then. And I, they were still government. I think all riots are started by government infiltrators, Al Sharpton types who, you know, works for the FBI. Right. Right. And, I mean, admittedly. So these are the people that start this stuff. But now you have this wild phenomenon where you have these white, clearly these are spurred on by a majority of white people. Black Lives Matter has 17% of their membership is black. Hmm. I mean, it I doesn't even make any, I can imagine the Ku Klux Klan with 17% white or something. I mean, it doesn't even, <laughs> what sense does that make? I mean, it's like. I'm in Klan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean it's good, like Dave Chappelle, remember the blind guy they thought he was like, you know, that kind of. Black power. Is that, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but it's it, it clearly because uh, why why would so many young whites be committed 
to going out and and just preaching this anti-white rhetoric when you, you, they themselves you, are starting out. You, you know, know why? You know why, Don? I mean, this is just my opinion here, but racism, the way it's described by the media, doesn't exist. No, it just doesn't. All right, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. Racism, the way it's described by the mainstream media here in the United States, does not exist. So all these white people who have black friends, right, black and Latino and Asian friends, because we all do, everybody. I have friends from all over the globe. Don has friends from all over the globe. You know, me and Don are clearly not the same race, and we get along just fine. Absolutely. You know, um, we've been doing this for a while now, right? Yeah. Um, this, isn't, this isn't a thing. So when they're unknowing, the, most of the white public here don't know what, 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 how they're being pushed and pulled emotionally to do certain things, right? So they're th- they think, and in a way they are, doing the right thing. It's what they think is right because they want to look out for their fellow african-american and their fellow latino-american and they want to make sure that everybody has the same rights that they have this i'm looking at through their eyes and their mentality this is what this is what they're trying to accomplish here this is why there are so many white people in black lives matter if you're correct go ahead yeah and and I just, I don't know what to, because what happens is they've diluted the meaning of the word racism, so it's laughable now. Because, I, I mean, I, I mean, they recently, uh, some per, a white professor, of course, at UCLA declared that the word looting is racist. Incredible. They, <laughs> in, in the past, they said brown paper bags are racist, band-aids are racist, math is racist, grammar is racist. So at, at this point, it becomes, it's like the boy that cried wolf, so if genuine racism exists, you're never going to even, everybody's going to, people that are, you know, intelligent and open-minded are just going to roll their eyes because they've heard so much nonsense. And it's like that old Twilight Zone episode. You love the Twilight Zone. I Number do. 12 looks just like you, where the one where the, the girl is uh, objecting to being uh, transformed into right. you know, a group of uh, beautiful, everyone looks the same. They're all yes. models. And she said, you know, like my father said, he objected to this too. He said, when everyone is beautiful, no one will be. And that's it's exactly true. right. You, yeah. you have to have a contrast. Without ugliness, you don't know what beauty is. So for racism to be everywhere at the same time, it loses its meaning because you have to have a contrast. You have to say, okay, well, here is non-racism. And according to these people, nothing. I mean, when you're pulling down a stat, I mean, and they're not only that, but they're completely, clearly historically illiterate. I mean, we talked before about how they want to tear down statues of Mahatma Gandhi. They've tear down, they tore down a statue, I think it one statue of a freed slave. And now they tore a statue down of Frederick Douglass, who is probably the most radical black man of the 19th century. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man, because are you, is he was a white supremacist? I, I mean, he doesn't. It doesn't they're just, so, they're just destroying for the sake of destroying. Yes, they're yes. looting. They're looting because they want to take things and put them in their home. It's yeah. it's not it's not because of a cause. It's no. just because there's opportunity uh, to own uh, the television you always wanted for absolutely. free. Like that. That's literally what's going on here. Finish up, Don. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just you know at some point. People are going to have to stand up, and there's as long as this goes on, it's like bullyocracy in my book. You know, if the bully is 
the bully's going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until he gets some resistance. Right. There's no resistance here. Nobody is resist. The only resistance we have to this outside of voices like ours and alternative media, people like Tucker Carlson on, on, on television is about the most high profile opposition to this resist, but nobody else is doing it outside of Trump's tweets, which are meaningless. The Republican party is a joke. Nobody out there is, is I don't see as, as a united front, they should be saying, look, this is, this has got to stop. How long is I, I, uh, uh, published on social media last week, uh, I found a report for just the first weekend of the rioting. That goes back quite a ways, well over a month. Uh, the price tag was, I think, $350 million in the first weekend. Hmm. Or no, $350 billion, I'm sorry, $350 billion in one weekend uh, because of the damages. Now, since that time, I mean, you're talking, it's going to be well into the trillions by the time this stops. Who's going to pay it? You know who's going to pay it. It sure as hell not going to be the 1% that has increased their wealth like crazy with stimulus packages from the COVID, the alleged COVID. It's going to be, again, the average worker who, and there's fewer and fewer average workers than ever now, thanks to the millions of people that are out of work because of this thing that's still going on. People have to look at this stuff. They have to start asking, stop putting on your mask and, uh, and just obeying without question saying, wait a minute, wait, what's the end game here? We had a one, we had a double whammy. It's like a one, two punch in or, you know, we were hit with this left hook out of nowhere. And then you come back with the right cross, right? As we're barely recovering. That's what we're dealing with here. So we're staggering on the ropes. We're cob we got cobwebs in our head. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> and people need to start asking questions. Wait a minute. What is all this? There's a lot of evidence here that, that we're being lied to constantly. Things aren't as they seem. And where's our leadership? Where are the authorities? They're not stepping up anywhere. Instead, they're still concentrating on trying to get people for social distancing and not wearing their masks. But they're not out, apparently. Uh, you know, they're, pr they're prosecuting, uh, you know, a couple that wants to paint over a Black Lives Matter graffiti. I mean, they're both graffiti with a hate right. crime. Where, where you know, where, that now they're painting it with the mayor painting himself against Donald Trump's tower. This is craziness. And there's nobody that's saying, wait a minute, what are you doing to the country? The infrastructure was bad enough shape before just falling apart because you all haven't fixed it in 60 years. You haven't done it. Now you're putting graffiti everywhere. You're tearing down statues. You, you <laughs> want, we're going to have to be declared fourth world or something. I mean, but, you know, but, but let's, let's keep the Albert Pike statue. Okay. Let's make sure we leave yeah. that one up. Well, well, you know, you know, you know what happened. That's what I said too. They did topple that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they set fire to it. And I think that's – Donald Trump didn't notice until they did that. Then he went <laughs> irate, yeah. and suddenly they came out and protected Andrew Jackson and a couple other statues. Until then, it was open season. But when you touch, you touch Albert Pike, man. And you got a problem. <laughs> yeah. And you got a problem. Yeah, Let's get right. it fixed ASAP. Come that's on. Because, right. I mean, the next day, Trump was like, okay, bring that back, please. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a letter like – you know, the, the, uh, the, the house of the temple isn't very far away from the White House, okay? Right, so, right, right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Now, you did touch on COVID just a little bit, and I do want to hit it. I am here in Orlando, Florida, where it is supposed to be worse than it ever was in New York City, what they're saying. You know what I mean? I haven't experienced any of it. A lot yeah. of people, I've been taking a lot of cabs. Uh, people just don't think it's a thing. Yeah. They really don't. 
they just they just really don't they're like it's i mean things are happening but and they acknowledge that things happen but they don't think it's half as bad as what people are as as what the government is making uh, is making it out to be and and i agree with them right yeah, well, okay so um let's talk about this guy but you know where i stand with this i believe there is a virus okay people did die i've been talking to people from hospitals and they've been telling me it's been an, an atrocity in new york city now i did talk to someone who told me that uh, the intubation killed a lot of people. Right. We're going to put that out there too. All right. Yeah. He, did, he did tell me just like that. He was like, listen, let me tell you something. Uh, there were trucks. There were bodies. Um, I know this because I had to deal with them. But I will tell you this. The intubations killed a lot of people. I was like, really? And he's like, yes, they did. And yeah. he kept going on and on. So this is a mess. This is a giant mess. But now yeah. I'm, I'm starting to understand why. Not, not starting to understand. I do understand why people say what they say about this virus. Now, we got this dude here. This isn't good, Don. All right. Yeah. At, at least not for the validity of this virus, right? Uh, right. We're talking about uh, Joseph Fair, a doctor. Uh, uh, NBC, he's been a correspondent for them. And uh, apparently, he's been severely ill for a bit, but uh, tested negative for COVID antibodies. And uh, I think they were attributing his entire illness to COVID this entire time. So... Problem. Anyway, the crisis actor, they're going to start yelling that real quick, whether, they, whether that's the case or not. I'm not saying he's a crisis actor, just to put it out there, okay? I think the guy's a real doctor. Anyhow, but I mean, let's get ready. Look at this crisis actor at NBC who probably works for the CIA, has been putting this up. Right. Here we go. Go ahead, Don. Well, I mean, it would be much better if he was a crisis actor because the fact that a, a legitimate doctor would do something like this. You talk yeah. about unethical would miss. I mean, he should know better than obviously the average person, whether or not he has something you're going to misrepresent that you have this, this mysterious, whatever it is that has shut down the world has still has half of America terrorized running around and ready to report each other for getting too close to each other. Yeah. Everybody's terrified. People haven't, unless you're uh, George Floyd, which you can have like 10 funerals and the gold coffin and everything else, it's much too short for you, by the way. But, but <laughs> then you get you know, everything. But everybody else, no, you can't even have a funeral. You can't say goodbye to your loved ones because uh, we can't gather. Unless you're at a Black Lives Matter protest, then that's cool. But other than that, uh, you can't. So, you know, people need to ask these questions. Is, with all this stuff going on, people terrorized over this. So many people scared, unlike us, maybe. You, you have a doctor coming on a, a network misrepresenting that he has this illness. See, anybody can get it. Even the doctor at NBC has it. And then, oh, by the way, I don't have it. W what's going to happen to him? Is NBC going to – who knew at NBC? Is this guy going to have his uh, license yanked? If he's any kind of journalist, is he going to work there again? Is he going to be prosecuted? And I don't right. believe in hate crimes. I don't believe in hate speech. I think it's all bullshit. It's political correctness. But if there is such a thing as a hate crime, this would fit the bill because that's genuine hatred to hate people enough to be able to, to misrepresent that you had this hideous illness and scare they're, them they're, like that. They're, they're going to attribute this to the test. Don. Yeah. This is what they're going to do. Okay. W whether he was being deceitful or not, they're going to say that it's the test, that it's uh, a false positive and you can also right. get a false negative because right. this test is all over the place. Right. From right. What I gather. I'm not a virologist. I'm not a doctor. I have no freaking clue. But from yeah. what I can gather, these tests are all over the place. They're not very reliable. Go ahead. Many sir. problems. Yeah, one of the many problems. 80% false positive rate. One of them says, again, why there's no reason 
there's no reason to trust anything they're saying because, first of all, the medical community is, like I said, I worked in it my entire life. Medical industrial complex is as corrupt as, they, as anything else in America. There's no reason to trust doctors and nurses. They have a, a financial incentive. We know from the, the terrible stimulus package, our horrible representatives voted out while they gave you a $1,200 check. They, they bestowed, we're finding more of Dr. Phil, we found out, just got millions or something the other day. I mean, this is unbelievable what they did. But they were giving a package where every hospital or nursing home or whatever, if you have a COVID diagnosis, you get an extra $13,000 bonus. If you put them on a ventilator, which apparently is deadly, you get a $33,000 bonus. So, of course, these and the hospitals have lost money because they were empty. Nobody else was going to them. They were scared of this thing. They have every incentive to do it. So there's no reason the WHO, CDC have both admitted that, that the, the way they calculate these numbers is false. There's no reason to believe what they're telling you, that the cases are spiking or all this stuff. Nobody knows. People have died from something I still contend. It was just a nasty blend of the flu, which kills a lot of people every year. Pneumonia kills a lot of people too. But once you throw people into this COVID thing, which has the same symptoms, it becomes something different. Oh, you died from the flu? Oh, no problem. It's okay. COVID? Oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> what? You know, that's, that's, what, that's what it was. You know, he's just as dead either way, man. What do you, you know, what do you, but this is the way Americans think and it's been hyped up. The fear porn is everywhere, but it's, it's, it's just unbelievable, disreputable. And I hope maybe Trump will tweet about it. I don't know. That's the only hope we have that anybody will talk about it because nobody's going to talk about it. I know that. <laughs> maybe he'll go ahead and tweet about it. That's the, that's the most he will do. So, so, so let, let's hope that goes off. I, I want to talk to you about one more thing, right? And uh, um, I want to end the COVID conversation just in the interest of time. But I, I do want to talk to you about um, Trump and tax returns, right? Because uh, now apparently we're going to get to see them. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you thinking? All right. Over under, is, the, is this guy a legit billionaire, for one? Because that's one of the questions that has been floated around, right? And, uh, and why Trump, why do you think Trump has put up such resistance in letting people see his, uh, his income taxes? See, I mean, you can't compare this to private citizens. This guy is the president of the United States. Once you get right. to that level, I think uh, full transparency is to be had because he has so much power. So that's just me. I could be very wrong. I, I'm, I'm liable to change my opinion tomorrow. Okay, but right now, that's the way I feel. Uh, Don, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I believe in full transparency for everyone. I, I suspect that Trump's uh, kind of stubborn reluctance to release his tax return, uh, I believe it's part of the, again, I think he's an actor. Mm. And I think it's part of his role. You know, keep resisting the tax returns. And of course, <laughs> the, op the opposition, I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal because, first of all, we know that the wealthy never pay their fair share of taxes. I wrote right. a book about it. It's Rival the Riches. So, and I think Trump, I think he was one of the examples I gave in the book where he didn't pay any taxes at all a couple of years, a long time ago. But this is going back since the days of Cornelius Vanderbilt and, and Bernard Baruch and the Rock, John D. Rockefeller Sr. This is, you know, as, as Ambrose Bierce, my favorite writer, he, he defined uh, the word poor. His definition in the Devil's Dictionary of poor, unable to pay taxes. Mm. For instance, Vanderbilt. <laughs> and that was his and he recognized even then that was written in the early 1900s yeah the rich have never paid their fair share in taxes so if trump not paying his fair share or not paying any taxes wouldn't surprise me at all it probably is true but because of the people that hate him they act like this is an anomaly that he's the only one doing this this is what the one percent does 
a lot of them don't even know, Don. They, yeah. they really don't know that this is what the one percent does. Some some no. of them do, and they don't care. They're just going to go after Trump. Right. But a lot of these people think that Trump is really doing something that no one else is doing. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the, the reason, and this is why they, everything about Trump. These are people that act, I mean, like I said, if only we go back to the good old days before 2016, you know, and everything was running smooth and right. there, there were no scandals anywhere. There were no body counts. I didn't write a book like Kid in History, which a lot of you loved and wrote great reviews <laughs> about. It doesn't even mention Donald Trump in it. But uh, apparently that world didn't exist. You all go, oh, that's great. He was bipartisan, criticizing everybody. Well, do, do you think that never happened? I mean, what, the, whatever they say about Trump. And again, this is why I remain oddly, you know, interested in the guy as far as I still think he's, the, he's our last hope, as, as ridiculous as he is, because I know how bad everybody else is that we have to choose from. And one thing I have not found about Donald Trump, I cannot find a body count on him. And that's unbelievable, considering he's a billionaire from New York that worked in construction. There should be dead bodies everywhere. I can't find any. And yeah. other than Jimmy Carter, no yeah. president since LBJ did not have a substantial body count. I've never, I've never heard anything about, about Trump in that aspect. But yeah, you, do, I mean, you, you do find you know, the, the, the ripping off of people, oh, yes, tons of that. You do yeah. find uh, the... Yes. Evil, evil business practices, yes. incredibly hard to work with uh, yes. yep. and uh, uh, a next level asshole to his employees yep. Uh, yep. and uh, womanizing. And of course, yep. rape. Uh, yes. All of yep. that is there. And you can go far. You can you can uh, sure. uh, roll out the, the the list of nonsense that he's done with women, young Absolutely. women. And there is the Epstein connection, which we spoke about with Brisson beforehand. But go ahead, finish. Right, it. but 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 it, even the rape allegations are nothing new because you know people. I I, right, I talked right, about right. in history. Ronald Reagan was accused of rape, was swept under the rug. A young Ronald Reagan, hmm. uh, Bill Clinton multiple times. Oh, yeah. He's the people still out there, and uh, George W. Bush was accused of raping a black woman. I mean, this is the despised wish, a black woman, who then after reporting and and I, you know Billy Ray when I wrote hidden in London. It was the only paper that reported about her. Hmm. She was threat. She claimed she was threatened by the Bush White House. She ended up supposedly killing herself. Oh, no. Now, where was CNN? Or, I think it was, his name was Marsha Schopenhauer. She had like a German name or something, but hmm. she was black. And uh, you would think that'd be a juicy story for the so-called liberal media. Nothing. Can you imagine if Donald Trump was accused of raping a black woman and she killed herself? I mean, End of the world. Be, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this would, he finally did something horrible, but so this is not, it's not anything special. And that's why it'd be interesting to see what happens with Jelaine Maxwell. I don't want to go into that too deep because I know we don't have much time, but uh, see what happens there because she has the potential to name everybody. I can't, I think the chances of that happening are like you and me winning the lottery. Right. Not very remote, but, and I, I, I think she only has slightly better chance of surviving or at least officially surviving. Uh, I think she has a considerable better chance of surviving just because it'll be incredibly obvious if they offer just me. You would think so. And that, but they don't seem to care about that. But if she get if she talks, I mean, you will finally see a little draining of the swamp if she talks, because there are some big names on that list. And Hollywood too. Yeah. The world will change, but I mean, I just don't see them allowing that to happen. And I don't see it being in her nature, being the kind of horrible things she did, because you know, she's accused of participating in the rapes as well as the recruitment. So these these are, this is a really sordid, 
underbelly of the establishment. And I, you know, it, it, I, she's in custody though. So I, that, that already is surprising. So I don't I I'm never sure thought that I'd you, see it. I'm sure the Q people think this is the beginning of it. You know, this is going to be once Trump takes this down. Uh, I don't know, but it's we'll we'll have to see. It's it's yeah. interesting times, that's for sure. The the Q burial is coming. I I I have personally set up uh, the Q burial, and uh, we have people <laughs> with shovels ready to bury, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am not kidding. It's yeah. coming. We're gonna put this crap to rest. Um, uh, I mean, people are gonna believe what they're gonna believe. This right. is what it is now. This, this is what the truth community, quote unquote, wait, so more, more, what we need to be calling this community is the subjective reality community because right. uh, the truth community is just not the thing anymore. People believe what they want to believe no matter what evidence is placed in front of them. So I will attempt to bury Q yet again. Okay. Um, so, cause we buried him uh, about two years ago uh, over on the infinite fringe. But he came back. It's, the guy has many lives in QAnon. Uh, so he is John F. Kennedy Jr., by the way. So, so right. there you go. Uh, so okay. we're going to attempt to bury that in the coming weeks over on the fringe. And maybe I'll post it here on America Unplugged just so everybody can take a look at what a fraud the whole QAnon nonsense is. QAnon sense. Anyway, uh, Don Jeffries, thank you very much for taking the time. All right, Because I know you were going through crap this week. Thank you for hitting me up. You know how much I appreciate it. This guy's the, he's the man. Don Jeffries is that dude. Okay. Anything for you, Billy Ray. I appreciate, I, I appreciate you so much, brother. Tell, tell the people where they can find you. Go ahead. Uh, my blog is donaldjeffries.wordpress.com. Keeping it unreal. I blog there regularly. You can find some of my stuff on Lou Rockwell. Uh, Twitter at Don Jeffries. I need more followers. Uh, Facebook. I'm easy to find. I'm very active there. So, uh, you know, just, uh, I'm, you, you can do a search for me. You'll find my interviews, my books, uh, still promoting Bullyocracy, my newest book. Try to get more people reading that. So hopefully when this stuff dies down, we'll be able to concentrate on promoting that a little bit more than I have. Dope. Fantastic stuff. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. We are signing off for the week here on America Unplugged, here on Iconic. Not for the week on Iconic because we have programming here. Programming upon programming upon programming every day. Okay, so uh, make sure you stay tuned. But America Unplugged, we will be back next week, Lord willing. And uh, maybe it'll be from New York. I don't know yet. We will uh, figure it out soon. Regardless, had a great time doing this uh, uh, edition of America Unplugged. Uh, a lot of uh, really good uh, opinions with Don and John, two of my boys. So it's, it's always fun to do. We will catch you soon. God bless. Take it easy. Bye-bye.